Here we go. This is June the 1st in the year of our Lord, 2021. No, 2022. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and we're doing something different today. Normally, on Wednesdays, we take a look at one of the readings of the Bible that we've been going through, but that would be on Solomon and his wonderful parables. But in this situation, because we had a holiday on Monday and we were not on the air, and today is Wednesday, we haven't had a chance to talk about Sunday yet, which is a really big day. It's the day of Pentecost on June the 5th, 2022. So what are the readings? The readings we would expect to be from Acts chapter 2, and that kind of describes what happened on the day of Pentecost. But then you also have Genesis 11, 1 to 9. And we want to start there because that's an important lesson to understand in order to comprehend the day of Pentecost. It begins chapter 11 of Genesis, verse 9. Now the whole earth had one language and the same words. In other words, there was only one language that all the people used. And as people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. That's really good stuff. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower, which the children of man had built. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people. They have all one language. And this is only the beginning of what they will do. And nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so that they may not understand one another's speech. The Lord dispersed them from there over the face of all the earth, and they left off building the city. Therefore, his name has been called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth. And from them, the Lord dispersed them over the face of all the earth. So why is that so important for Pentecost? Well, there's one phrase here where they say, come, 
let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens and let us make a name for ourselves lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. Now see, they had a name. Namely, they were children of God. But they refused to have that as their name. They felt that that was not something that was as honorable as building a city and a tower to reach the heavens. Then people would be impressed with their ability. But God stopped that in a very simple way. He confused their languages by making new ones. And then they were dispersed over the face of all the earth. And they left off building the city. See, that's the way God works. Are you building a city and a tower to make a name for yourself? Well, then be aware of the fact that that can be demolished by God. And he does that in Genesis 11, simply by making new languages for the people. And they were dispersed over all the face of the earth. And obviously, they left off building the city. I think I talked to you about, I was visiting with a university student and he was going to be an architect. And I said, well, you're not going to put up skyscrapers, are you? He said, oh, yes, I'll be able to do that. Well, he would only be able to do that if the people that were under him understood how to put one brick upon another or how to do glass panes so the whole building would not be coming down. So can you imagine this engineer had all the knowledge of building a skyscraper, but the people around him were ignorant of what he was saying. The skyscraper would not be built. We already have some examples where people use the wrong form of concrete. It wasn't strong enough. And there were actually occasions when buildings fell down because they had been built incorrectly. So with that background, we now move to the primary reading and that is for Pentecost, Acts 2, 1 to 21. What is Pentecost? Well, Pente, it means 50. And as we know, after his death, three days later, he rose from the dead. And then 40 days later, 
he ascended into heaven. That was on a Thursday. And 10 days after that was the coming of the Holy Spirit at the time of Pentecost. And that was a Sunday. We ought not be surprised that the early Christians changed their worship day from Saturday to Sunday for a number of reasons. Sunday was the day that the earth was created, six 24-hour days. Sunday was the day that Jesus rose from the dead. Sunday was the day when the Holy Spirit came to earth. And what did he do? Well, Acts 2, beginning with verse 1, talks about it. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. Now, if you take a look here, that just doesn't mean the disciples or the apostles. There were many believers in one place, including men and women and others. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. Now the word heaven can have a number of meanings, but this is not talking about the heaven to which we are going on judgment day. This is simply speaking from the sky came a rushing sounding wind. In fact, if you'll remember when Jesus was baptized, God the Father spoke from the sky. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So this was a mighty rushing wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Now, wind language is really important. We find that when the Israelites are fleeing from the Egyptians, God has a pillar of wind to protect them from the pursuing Egyptians during the day and a pillar of fire during the night. A wind is found. And why is a wind found? Because that signifies the presence of God. Therefore, God fills the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now that verse has had a lot of problems for people. When it says they began to speak in other tongues 
does that mean that the tongues they were speaking in were unknown tongues that the angels spoke alone? Or were these tongues that could be understood? Well, Scripture interprets Scripture. So we ought not be surprised that after this, that question is answered. Now, there were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. Why were they dwelling in Jerusalem? This was the time of the Pentecost. And therefore, people would make a trip to Jerusalem to celebrate what was the wonderful ceremony called the Pentecost. And suddenly, as they heard this mighty wind, and the people were filled with the Holy Spirit, those dwelling in Jerusalem, which were devout from every nation under heaven, and at this sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered. Now, why were they bewildered? I remember that during the times that I visited other churches, one church I went to was a charismatic church and they were trying to get a woman to speak in tongues because they believed that's how you were saved. And they encouraged her just to do gibberish. But that wasn't what was happening on the day of Pentecost. Because it says the reason they were bewildered because each one was hearing the Christians speak in their own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? Now, the native language of these people was not Hebrew, Aramaic, or Greek. But Luke kind of gives a number. He says, Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes. Now, what does the word proselyte mean? If you are not a Jew, but you became enamored with the Jewish faith and came to believe what the Bible says about salvation, by grace, through faith, on account of Jesus. You may be a Gentile, but you are also considered as one 
who is a proselyte, a member of the Jewish nation. And then they end Cretans and Arabians and hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. Now, when a miracle like this happens in the Bible, you always have unbelievers. And they attempt to interpret the miracle in such a way that it is no longer miraculous. And so some who were amazed and perplexed, what does this mean? But others mocking said, they are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the 11, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these men are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. Now, this is very important to understand. When Jesus was on the road to Emmaus with two of the disciples who had not understood why he was crucified and how he could rise from the dead, Jesus went again to the Old Testament and went through the various teachings that were found that show the necessity of his death and his resurrection. Peter now uses the prophet Joel, and here's what he quotes. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. Now, how is that understood by some people? They consider prophecy to be a work of the holy ministry where you proclaim the word of God. And therefore, they will turn to this section of the Bible and say, see, here is where God allows women to be pastors. Because it says, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. But a closer reflection on the word prophesy indicates that while it could be part of the ministry of a pastor, 
it goes far beyond that. When I was at my congregation for 28 years, I'm very good at teaching young people and adults, enjoy youth confirmation, etc. Where I was not good was teaching kids who are two, three, four, five years old. See, I, I love to get great insights into the Bible. And those are just too much for children that age. But I had a number of teachers, including one Virginia Tapey, who since has fallen asleep in the Lord. But she was a wonderful Sunday school teacher in revealing to the children the prophecies of God. Anyone who teaches their child about Christianity is dealing with the prophecies of God that are spoken clearly in the scripture. In fact, the entire congregation speaks the prophecy of God in the liturgy when we say the Apostles' Creed, because the Apostles' Creed is a wonderful summary of God's prophecy, and that is spoken by sons and daughters, young men and old male servants and female servants. Now, it's interesting in my experience that the more involved a Christian is in hearing the message of Christianity, the better they are in revealing the prophecy as God so wants it to be revealed. Verse 19. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. Now, when did that occur? Where the sun turned to darkness? God here isn't speaking specifically of an eclipse where the moon covers the sun perfectly. He is, I believe, referring to the time that the sun turned to darkness on Good Friday from noon to 3 p.m. In fact, a lot of churches have what they call or services, three-hour services, taking each of the seven words of Jesus from the cross and speaking about each one, singing about each one, and praying about each one for 25 minutes each, which ends up with a three-hour service. There's also a ten tenebrae service, which is the service of darkness. Verse 
in the evening on Fridays. And that is often accompanied by the candles being put out one by one during the Good Friday service to remind us of the reflection that the sun indeed turned to darkness. So there are many things in the universe that have occurred. Wonders in the heavens and above. Signs on the earth below. Before the day of the Lord comes. The great and magnificent day. Now when we talk about the day of the Lord... From Scripture interpreting Scripture, that is talking about the day of judgment. The day of the Lord is not the day of creation or the day of his resurrection or the day when the Holy Spirit came. Specifically, the day of the Lord is that great and magnificent day when Jesus returns to earth and brings to his disciples a heavenly home that they will have as a mansion in heaven forever and ever. And why do they receive that? Verse 21 of Pentecost tells us, And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So when it talks about all flesh, it means all flesh who call upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. And to call on the name of the Lord is to believe that Jesus is the savior of the world who died so that our sins are forgiven and who rose from the dead so that we will have an eternal life with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit in heaven. That's Pentecost. We'll take a look tomorrow on Open Mic Thursday again about a subject Till then, God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check out to Law & Gospel and mail to Law & Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.